Hey everyone, my name is Dr. Dolores Tarver. I'm a licensed psychologist in Georgia, coming to you with your next mental health moment. May 10th is Mother's Day, and Mother's Day brings up a variety of emotions for people. You may be very excited that you get to celebrate with generations of women in your family, daughters, mothers, grandmothers, great-grandmothers, who are doing well and able to be around you this Mother's Day. Some of you may be excited to celebrate with members of your different organizations, possibly your Greek letter organizations or mothers from groups that you're a part of, such as Jack and Jill or Teen Moms, or also moms of our graduates who have had a very unique experience with graduation this year. Possibly you might be a first time mother and this is your very first Mother's Day. So you're very excited that you get to celebrate with your newest bundle of joy. For other people, Mother's Day can be very difficult. So for some people, they may be experiencing the loss of a loved one. Possibly they may have had a miscarriage. And so they're feeling that not being able to have their baby with them as they approach this Mother's Day. Possibly it was someone whose baby was born but died shortly after their birth or maybe a stillborn baby. Perhaps you are a mother whose child died to a chronic or terminal illness, died in an accident, or possibly was murdered. This Mother's Day could be very difficult for you. Possibly you may have dealt with fertility issues. And as you approach Mother's Day, it is simply a reminder to you that you have not yet been able to have that child that you desire. You may be a woman who wanted at this point in your life to be married and have children, and that hasn't happened for you. And so you're now getting worried about if that'll ever be your reality. Regardless of where you fall, Mother's Day can bring some feelings of anxiety and depression. Perhaps you're unable to be with the women that you love, who you call mom, grandmothers, aunts, teachers who helped guide you and steer you along the way, maybe a next door neighbor who saw your potential, but due to COVID-19, you're unable to celebrate with them in the ways that you might typically. So you may be struggling with just feeling sad right now. We wanna talk about when that sadness and anxiety gets to a point where we may possibly need to seek some support. So we know that during grief, you will be experiencing a variety of emotions. So right after you have a loss, you are going to be sad. You're gonna be angry. You're gonna be playing things back in your head. You may withdraw. You may not wanna have people around. These are all normal reactions to grief. If those things continue past a few weeks, then we start to wanna to track to see if there are things that are gonna be ongoing that we may need to attend to. So if you are, after three to four weeks, still having difficulty getting out of bed, still crying more often than not, not engaging in activities that you typically would, not getting up to shower, not putting on clothes, housework, and we all get behind in housework, but the housework is not getting done simply because you don't have the energy to do it. So you're tired all the time. Maybe you feel this sense of heaviness on you that everything just feels like it's so much more difficult to start. Maybe you're sleeping 10 plus hours a day, or maybe you're only sleeping two to three. Possibly you have nightmares about the loss that you experienced, replaying it over and over in your head. 
Maybe you're up at nighttime thinking about other people that possibly could die and what would happen if those people died. Maybe you're uncertain about how you're going to move forward because this mother figure in your life was the person you reached out to that supported you financially, emotionally, socially, helped you through difficult times in your life. How are you going to move on without this person being there? Maybe you started to notice some physical symptoms, chronic headaches, neck pain, back pain, stomach being upset. Possibly you just feel like your jaws are hurting because you hold them so tight or maybe you're grinding your teeth at night. These are some examples of when in depression and anxiety may have gotten to a point where we might want to look at seeking perhaps some therapy resources or maybe a support group. So I want to talk to you about how we manage and deal with these losses and how we can support people who have experienced a loss during Mother's Day. So first, let me just be very clear. All loss is loss. So whether that was a miscarriage or whether that someone that has fertility challenges or whether that is a baby that died shortly after their birth or died during their birth or a mother, grandmother that lived to be 100 years old, all loss is loss. Simply because you didn't see a baby bump or there's not a baby or there's not pictures of, of K through 12 doesn't mean that this person did not experience a loss. Even if they were estranged from this mother-like figure, doesn't mean they didn't experience a loss. Everyone is entitled to grieve in the way that works for them. We don't have control over how another person grieves. So we want to honor and respect their process. We don't want to be dismissive and say things like, oh, they're in a better place. Or, oh, God got a new angel. Or, well, at least you know you can get pregnant. These things are not only unhelpful, they can be very destructive to a person who is grieving. So instead, let's talk about things that might be more helpful. We all need support. Oftentimes we're forgotten after the loss. People are around in that week after the loss, maybe the next couple of weeks, and then people get moved on with their lives. No fault of their own, life happens. So let's use those phones and set some reminders. If you have a calendar, circle those dates. Here's the date that this person experienced this loss the anniversary of the death of this person, this baby. So let me highlight that. So when it comes up next year, I can remember to reach out to them. Let me reach out to this person on birthdays, on anniversaries, on Mother's Day. All of these holidays that would often involve the loss, let me make sure I reach out to the person. I can send them a text message. I can give them a call. I can send them a card in the mail or a letter. I can drop something off on their porch mail them a package. I don't have to always say things. We think that we're responsible for fixing people, fixing their challenges, taking their mind off of things. Sometimes a person just needs someone else to sit in their presence. Really during this time, we need to be doing more listening than talking. Allow them to express whatever they feel like expressing. And if they don't want to, that's fine as well. If they're not ready to receive company, let me send you over a meal. Let me make sure that you're eating. Let me come over and help with that housework that I know you're not getting to, but you'd be too embarrassed to ask me to support you. So let me come on over. I'll be wearing that mask because we're dealing with COVID-19, but I'm going to be there at your home to support you 
in any way that I can. Or if I can't be there with you in your home, then I can always Skype, Zoom, um, get on social media and utilize all of these options to be able to connect with you in that way. Even if I can't be there with you physically, then at least you can see my face and know that I'm supporting you. There are support groups that are out here for loss and it's important to know where they're offered. Oftentimes they're offered through churches or they may be offered through local offices in town of psychologists or other therapists. So check into those things to make sure that you can provide a personal list of resources, particularly if you see their grief is lasting, as I said, into months and they're not really healing because um, grief is ongoing. I won't tell you that people stop grieving, but it gets easier. And if you notice a person is still struggling months into it, then that may be an indication that they need some support. Let's make plans. So a lot of times people just avoid a day or try to avoid a day. Instead, let's plan for how we're going to manage that day. How are we going to honor this person that you lost? How are we going to discuss this experience that you had, possibly with that miscarriage or that stillborn? Right? How do we want to deal with that? Let's talk about that ahead of time so that it doesn't end up that we just avoid the day. So that we don't end up just drinking to the point where we don't remember or sleeping um, and, and hoping that the next day will feel better. Understand that we're all very, very different in how we manage our emotions during this time. Some people are going to be angry. They may be very frustrated with seeing all of these pictures posted of women pregnant when they are struggling either with a loss or with trying to get pregnant and allow them to have that moment. They're not posting it on social media. They're not putting a sign up in their yard. They are simply confiding in you who they trust, that they are struggling with the fact that other people are pregnant and they lost a baby. And that's fair. It is fair for them to have those feelings. They won't be in that place forever, but they're in that place right now and they're allowed to be. Recognize that validating a person's feelings is very important during this time. You don't have to agree with their feelings. You don't even have to understand their feelings. You just simply have to validate the person's feelings. Because again, we all grieve very different. Some people, even in a couple, may experience the loss of a baby very differently. People often will put pressure on someone to go ahead and start trying again to have a child if there has been a miscarriage or a loss thinking that, oh, okay, well, if you try to have another child, then you'll feel better. That's not necessarily always the case. Some people need to just fully grieve, and it may be a year or two before they want to try having children again, and that's okay. They're allowed to be able to have that decision. Silence can be very powerful. Sitting in a space with someone can be very powerful. Touching someone can be very, very powerful. Just a hand on the shoulder. Again, we want to recognize and respect everybody's space and boundaries. But for those people that are comfortable, sometimes just simply a touch. You don't even have to say a word. Okay, self-care routines is really important. So making sure that this person is getting out of the house, they're doing things that are helpful to nurture their spirit, whether that is a faith-based organization, prayer, meditation, um, whether they need a trip to the spa once they're feeling safe and secure about getting back to the spa. Those kind of things can be really helpful to a person, even creating a nurturing space in their home so that they can make sure that they're being well 
helping people set up scrapbooks. Sometimes people want to have memories of the baby that they lost. Maybe that includes pictures of their ultrasound. Maybe that includes um, things that they were going to give to the baby when the baby got here and allow people to have that. Um, sometimes people, when they have stillborns, they take a lock of their hair um, of the baby or um, may want to take a picture. And even if that's not something that you would do, allow them to have whatever that experience is. So help them create that scrapbook if that's what they want to do. Sometimes people want to get rid of all of the baby things in the room that was prepared in preparation for the baby or that was the child's room or the mother's room or the grandmother's room. And maybe they want to donate them or just want to put them in the garage so they don't have to see them. That's okay. Some people want to keep them and they want the room to stay like it is. And that's fine for a while. So I don't want you to feel like you need to argue with people about what's best for them. Allow them to be able to do what's comfortable for them. And as time goes on, there may be different emotions and different feelings and they might be ready to start transitioning some of those things. I do want you to know that just because you had that miscarriage doesn't mean you're any less of a mother, that you're invisible, that we don't see you. I want you to know that if you lost your mother this year, we see you. We are sending you thoughts and prayers and wrapping arms of comfort around you during this time. I want you to know that if you have your mothers here and your children here, then you celebrate and you love on them like there is no tomorrow. Wherever you are, I want you to find your peace. But at the end of the day, what's really important is that we know that we're seen, that we're able to have valid feelings about whatever we feel, and that there are people who will be there for us to support us should we need to have either therapy, a support group of other moms or other people who have lost their mothers or lost their children is there. Okay, be encouraged.